morning to you folks and also those in the hub. Um, can you all see me? Especially if I ask the hub people. Hope they do. Uh, this morning I have chosen, somehow the Lord has led me to this passage of Matthew chapter 17, reading first 1 to 5. Uh, it's a familiar passage. I'd like to invite you, if you have the Bible, or look at the PowerPoint uh, that we can read together before the opening prayer. Right, reading from the NIV version, Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, John, and the brother of James, and led them out to a high mountain by themselves. That he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the crowd said, This is my son, whom I love, to him I am well pleased. Listen to him. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. And let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for your precious word before us again. We pray that we will not take it very too lightly or for granted as we read your scripture. We know there are a lot of spiritual truth for us to discover. And we just pray that this morning you will, through the Spirit of God himself, will enable us to see the spiritual truth again. So it is our prayer for all who are here this morning to worship you. The life will touch by your very word to us. So indeed, Lord, speak and all your people will listen. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Right, uh, this chapter 17 and first one to find look very familiar. And I find it a bit very difficult to uh, push on, but I guess uh, truth will come to us as we go along. But if you take a look at chapter 16, also you realize that the Lord was busy with the people and doing the ministry. And at one part, he was asking the people what they think about him. And then some say he could be uh, Elijah or John the Baptist. And uh, then he directed a question to Peter themselves. Then what do you think about me? And Peter will say, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Uh, it was really a direct answer that I'm sure the Lord were happy to receive. That somehow they recognized who Jesus was at the time. And then uh, toward the end of chapter 16, you realize uh, the Lord was telling about uh, his coming death. And Peter again quick to react and say, Lord, you don't go. And then there's a face coming, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, of course, I'm sure Peter will be surprised to hear that. Uh, but of course, out of his good heart, Peter says, don't go. You will not suffer, you know, things like that. 
But of course the Lord know that his mission was ready to die for us on the cross and he got to go. But then he issued a kind of challenge to them. If anyone will follow him, they got to take up the cross and follow the Lord. And then, you know, it will be good for you and me to have God than to have the whole world before us. So that is the kind of ending in chapter 16. But then the scripture in 17 will say, after six days, interesting, the midnight is the gap of six days, the Lord brought them out, I mean Peter, John and James, uh, to a mountain to have prayer and worship, I would say. And this passage of scripture can be found in a different portion of the gospel, like in Mark chapter 14 and also in Luke 22. He talked about the experience there in the mountaintop. So it is quite common, so to speak, the Lord has this kind of meeting uh, with the inner circle of the people, uh, Peter, John and James. But you read the scripture in the later part of the scripture when he about to be crucified. He also brought them to the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm sure you remember the part. You know they were doing uh, to have prayer of virtue and then the Lord would be happy for the disciples to pray along with him when they enter the Garden of Gethsemane. Because the Lord's hearts were very heavy knowing that next day he will be put on trial and will be put to death by the authorities. So it was really a struggle night for Jesus at the garden. But to make things worse, when he was there, after praying a while, and look at the disciples. You know what were they doing? They were sleeping, right folks? And then the famous face that come. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I know many of us would like to quote that when you try to help people. Uh, my spirit with you, but my flesh is weak. I want to give you a leaf, but a different direction. <laughs> a good spirit, right? You know, kind of I want to buy you lunch, but today I have an appointment, you know. Spirit is waiting, but flesh is weak. So a common kind of expression here. But here in chapter 17 of Matthew, very interestingly, the, the, the 3 plus 1, the Lord Himself, was well, this kind of mountain top prayer and experience. I will put it like a spiritual retreat that the Lord was having. So we compare that you like to enter the time of prayer with Jesus at the Gethsemane or at this mountain top prayer retreat. And many of us will say, yeah, let's go to the mountain top prayer. I'm sure when the disciples were with him there at the mountain top, uh, you won't find them sleeping. You know why? They saw the face of Jesus was shining. If they were sleeping, how can they see? Right? So they were quite weak and then they could see the face of Jesus was shining and his clothes turned white and so forth. So really a challenge to put forth for us is you want to go for a prayer meeting or go for a revival meeting. You know, Many hands will always say, Pastor, I go for a revival meeting. But that really keep me awake. And I want to charge up. You know, to go to church camp, to go to a revival conference and go to other teaching seminar that you really uplift. That's good, really. The Lord bless you. As you've got such opportunities, please go. But at the same time, don't forget to come for a prayer meeting. Huh? It's equally good. Because it's kind of spiritual discipline. Alright? It's really the spirit that counts. So here, I want to remind ourselves 
that this mountaintop experience is really important and it will be good for us to learn something here this morning. I want to pick up, teach something about the background of this mountaintop experience in the sense that in the Old Testament, you realize Moses himself got this experience that when he saw the burning bush in Mount Sinai, that was the draw. That was the attraction for him. Out of the blue, he saw fire and then you know as he approached nearer, the, the bush, the burning, was not consumed. It just glowed. And you know the rest of the story in Exodus chapter 3. The Lord spoke to him and used him to lead the people out of Egypt. That was the worship night, last night. Alright, Moses leading the people. And so what I'm trying to say to you, that was the mountain talk experience. And couple, the God also having the kind of encounter with the people, of giving them the covenant at the mountain top experience in Exodus 34. And then here in Psalm 48 verse 1, we say that God is the Lord, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise and in the city of our God is holy mountain. The point that draws to my attention and I read all this, that you realize the presence of God is very closely related to the mountain top kind of experience. Literally in the mountain. In Mount Sinai and elsewhere in Israel. And then especially when you have a chance to read the story that Elijah had in the false prophets in 1 Kings chapter 18. You know the challenge that he had with the false prophets to prove which God they worship is the real God. So let's put the sacrifice here and see which God come to consume. I'm sure you read the whole chapter very interestingly. And uh, you know, finally, Elijah won simply because God showed up, burned up a sacrifice, and showed them the living God was there. Whereas the prophets cannot prove themselves, and they were to be killed later on or destroyed by Elijah. So interestingly, again, there's another encounter for Elijah at the mountain top. But then you see 1 King, chapter 19, verse 11, talk about a very strange experience that God reminded Elijah, please come, uh, go out to the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord will sure pass by. Now when you read 1 Kings 19 now, after the victory that Elijah had in 1 King 18, 1 Kings 19 start off that the evil queen called Jezebel was about to kill Elijah because Elijah killed some of the prophets that she had. And the Bible says by then Elijah became very frightened, running for his life, trying to take cover. I use the word in the 8 o'clock, chicken out. Because someone reminded him, like me, chicken out. My name, you see. But I say not that way. But here, realize then. In verse 11 of 1 Kings 19, the Lord God reminded Elijah, Don't be afraid. I was with you in the earlier chapter, showing my power. At this moment, you want to run away from others, scatter your life. So the command for him is, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. What is saying to us? God's will show up in the mountain for Elijah. 
So here it's very interesting to realize that God truly makes his person felt in the mountainous kind of situation. And this is the Old Testament setting. But then when you read in the New Testament, you found Jesus chosen the disciples also on a mountain. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 16. And then we heard Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount in the mountainside. So it's again a kind of mountainous kind of experience for us. And then especially in now chapter 17 of Matthew, why the Lord was there, the face was shining, he was saying that now Moses, Elijah was present and talking to him. And he was a bit uh, surprised for Peter and the rest. So much so Peter wanted to do something. I'll come to that later. But here when you read this scripture, do you, discover, do you realize that the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah, representing the law and the prophet, and Jesus in the New Testament, meet. And the two persons like Moses and Elijah experience the presence of God at the mountain. So obviously, all right, no surprise to God, that's surprise to many of the people or even the uh, Elijah, uh, Peter there, these two persons in the Old Testament present at this spiritual encounter that Jesus was having. And so it is a reminder for us the God that we believe belong to the old and also at the new. The Old Testament as well as the New Testament here together. Now this mountainous kind of experience I realized was captured by this Korean pastor, if I'm not wrong, Pastor Cho Yong Ki. Don't know how many of you have heard his name. Nowadays he's called himself David Cho. Many years ago, I remember as a young pastor, that was 34 years ago, and some of us were opportunity to go to his church at South Korea, Uido Full Gospel Church, pioneered by this Pastor Cho Yung Ki. You know, the very special feature of this church, I don't know whether you heard about this church, even they still have, they have the place of a special prayer ministry called the Prayer Mountain. Alright, I'm not sure how many of you already heard. Many years ago we went, we really could see they were having some small cubicles, not small by a small uh, pitching hole alongside of the slope of the mountain. Really literally the mountain. And for the worshipper, for anyone who has some prayer, to enter the place to pray. It seems that you will be there as long as you can tahan until sunset. Because at night they'll be frightening in the quiet area. We were there many years ago, we saw it. But then lo and behold, I think two or three years back, my wife and I had a kind of holiday trip to South Korea. And that recalled to me that I would like to visit this church. I think I shared some in the past. That we tried to look for these cubicles again alongside of the mountain slope area. But then surprise us, can't find. Because the church, current church, the current name, had transformed the whole mountain area in a very big uh, spiritual center. They have a sanctuary and some living quarters for people to stay and perhaps as a church camp 
today we worship and then you know have a spiritual experience there. Then we ask the people what happened to those prayer mountains? Don't tell me the mountain moved already. Right? <laughs> Actually they redeveloped the whole thing. But they still show us there are now a block of cubicles, maybe thirty in one row for men, thirty in a row for ladies. And we were there. And so my wife and I had a chance to settle there for some time of prayer and uh, keeping up with the Lord even during the holiday. Uh, to me it was very refreshing, uh, very uh, uplifting because hardly we had the time of experience there. So that drawn to me the mind about reading chapter 17 this morning about how Jesus and his disciples were there. But lo and behold, the wonderful thing that you can see from the scripture, some supernatural signs happened. That the face of Jesus was shining so bright and so radiant like the sun. And they were so excited, meaning the disciples. And so it would be good for us to have that kind of experience. And coupled with that, a blessing to come, a voice from heaven said, look at him, look at Jesus. He is the beloved son. And in home and well, please listen to him. So there was a kind of confirmation from God to Jesus to us about but God so, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And you read the scripture, that same voice was spoken to Jesus when during Jesus' baptism. In Matthew chapter 3, in Luke chapter 3, in Mark chapter 1. You, you come across that? Really, the audible voice was pronounced that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And here in this scripture say, listen to him. So, it's good for us to really listen to the teaching of Jesus. But then, interestingly, Peter and the rest have not forgotten this spiritual, supernatural kind of incident or happened. That even in Peter's own writing, let me show you the verse. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. In the later part of Peter's writing, this is how he writes. For we did not follow cleverly divided stories that we told you about the coming of Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Listen. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Same, right? Matthew chapter 17. We ourselves, as Peter writes, heard the voice, or heard this voice, that came from heaven when we were there with him on the sacred mountain. Amen to that, folks. See, the man, Peter himself, confirmed and testified that he was the eyewitnesses, or with the rest, eyewitnesses, they saw the glory of Jesus, heard the voice, and we were with him. And to me, very convincing, because it is a direct encounter, a testimony of Peter and the rest, like John. It is not a second-hand kind of news, as far as Peter and John and James were concerned. Because in John himself, in John chapter 1, verse 14, see the verse there, we say, The Word became flesh and make His dwelling among us, we have seen His glory. Here it is, folks. He has seen His glory. 
the glory of one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's it. Same testimony. Same kind of uh, account that John will share with Peter in those days. So I feel comforted, really, as I read the scripture. These are living testimony that you can rely on and trust the Lord in our faith too. I pray with you folks, in your own spiritual journey, you can testify in your life that somehow you have this spiritual encounter, that you are one of those witnesses who can write testimony like that, sensing the presence of God with you all the time. I was talking to the 8 o'clock folks. I don't know which mountain I should recommend you to go in Singapore. If you can find one, tell me. But I got a name in mind. Mount Faber. 500 over feet only. Lah. Now folks, I'm not saying that you must really go to a mountain to have that kind of mountain talk experience. As someone reminded me, it's true. Sitting where you are, Coming Sunday after Sunday, lifting up your heart, mind, and soul to the Lord in worship. That should be our spiritual retreat, folks. Provided you are not distracted by your handphone. Nah. Alright. Provided you are not distracted by other things. Nah. Or even be distracted by the aircon and things like that. Focus. Just like Jesus himself. Put everything aside with the rest of the disciples. Took the tree. Let's set a sign and see what God can do in the life. And through the Lord showed them, turn his face, bearing the testimony, affirming him as the son that God has sent to us. We know we are living in a very fast-paced growing society. So fast that everything you want to burn it in a very fast manner, correct? We have fast food, fast noodle, Maggie B and things like that. But sometimes even we go to a supermarket, we try to go to the fast lane, right? And less people. Uh, when you come back from Johor Bahru or go to Johor Bahru, you want to go to the immigration line, make sure less cars or less buses. But ironically speaking, thing doesn't happen that way, right? Normally we are stuck there, you think it's fast, end up very late for you. Frustration, disappointment came out. So this morning, I want to encourage you folks, turn to your neighbor. You need to slow down. So tell him or her, be patient. Be patient. <laughs> Let God do something wonderful in your life. Because when you got irritated, you jump out. A lot of things can happen. Learn from this spiritual encounter. Have the patience that God would like us to have and so that we can shine for Him and give Him the glory. You know, I was preparing, I asked myself, how to show you a shining face that really reflect the glory of God in somehow. But thank God I found it. Can I show you the face now? Is there a slide on the face? Anyone there? Where's the next slide, folks? Come on. Oh, yeah. Continue. Oh, you are. Ah, there's the one. 
Will you agree with me this is a shining face? Of course, I'm asking that you not be the queen, queen or king and things like that to have there. But that's a reminder for us that the queen is a very well-loved person. Nobody really criticize her or uh, shame her, so to speak. She's so elegant in her own way, very stylish. I look at her almost evergreen, the kind of situation. And then, uh, she just celebrated how many years of birthday? 90. And it's still counting. Now, my point to you folks, that many people will kind of admire her and really adore her. I believe we as God's people still have that standing before the world. Because we have God transforming our life, changing our face altogether. That we may not shine and smile like the queen, but somehow we should reflect the glory of God in us. I pray we do have. You know, there is a saying that sometimes, whether we like it or not, people really look at our face feature very closely. Uh, Max Sugaro had this teaching for us that we talk about changing of a heart. Not many of us can see, right? We know God really can change our heart. Uh, it not really can come forth. But people look at our face first. Uh, let me give you some example. You will, for, will forget to wear your denture, especially the front part. You know what happened to you? You dare not to talk. You've got to cover your mouth. And then if you've got sore eyes, you got to wear sunglasses to cover up. Then you have pimples popping out. You scream, you don't know what to do. You see, we are, we are so conscious about the future appearance. I'm not talking about other things. But here you realize, Matthew Carlo got a point that we need ready to have the shining face for the Lord Jesus. That's why I want to show you the face of the Queen. That although we may not be able to be like a queen, but we should shine in certain way for the Lord. I pray that we will not disappoint the Lord. You know, the Lord reminded me as I prepared this, our face is very colorful. I don't mean you put on those cosmetic things. Our face can be colorful, you know why? Our face can turn red. Or our face can turn black. Or dark. Or your face can turn blue. Or finally your face turn white. That's it. But not, I'm referring the way the Lord is shining. That's what we need. Shine for the Lord. And so it will be good for us this morning to learn about this spiritual encounter that Jesus had together with disciples, that allow the Lord to kind of change the face that we have before the people. The second lesson for us to remind ourselves this morning is that we can do something out of worship. The first lesson is to see how God can change our face beside our heart in worship. The second lesson for us, for us is to do something out of our worship in, in a sense that we need to respond to God. 
You know, Peter, very interestingly, as he was with Jesus, he not only saw the change of Jesus' face, he saw the appearance of Moses and Elijah. And Peter, as usual, was quick to act and say, Lord, let us put some shelters here, or a kind of tapping neck, a tent, or a kind of altar area, to honor you, Jesus, and honor Moses, and also honor Elijah. That was the reaction Peter had, right? I should read. Then the crowd covered and the voice appeared. They only listened to my beloved son, in whom I love this. In other words, the Lord say, Peter, we know you are very zealous, you have a lot of things, but make sure you don't lose sight of Jesus. It would be good that you continue to remember him and serve him. You don't lose sight of Jesus here. So the point here reminds us, folks, that as the Lord impressed upon us to do something, let's do it for Him, as long as we will not lose sight. You may not be a good preacher, but you can be a good Bible teacher. Do it for the Lord. You may not be good in handling the sound system as a technician. Do something else, because you are good in mingling with people. Be a archer then. Uh, you may not be a good uh, uh, teach, uh, uh, children or youth worker. I'm sure you can do something to contribute or help in the tuition program. As long as your focus is on Jesus, I'm sure the Lord will be pleased with our contribution with us. So it will be a good reminder this morning. As we talk about this mountaintop experience, not only really go to a revival conference or a church camp, thank God for all those. But after that, it will be good. Like Peter will desire to do something. Even though he may not know really God's desire to change Jesus' way for us, but he knows he could do something. So if it's good for us this morning, a kind of reflection to remind ourselves where is our standing before God as we come to worship Him. On a more personal note, as I quoted and learned from Max Lucado, and this is what he writes in his book, as a kind of testimony to remind us, speaking to parents, what are your children learning from your worship? Do they see the same excitement as when you are watching a game or going for shopping? Examine ourselves. Do, do they see you prepare for worship as you do for a holiday trip? Do, you, do they see you coming eagerly for worship and seeking the face of the Father? Or will you just come and go without any reaction or response. Just like you're walking in out of a shopping mall. It is our worship experience. According to Max Lugado, the challenge for us is we should have that hunger over God. Therefore, we have a worship hungry heart for the Lord. You must come with that feeling for us. Don't come with a contentment that, oh, I know so much. 
And let's see what the preacher is saying this morning that will satisfy me. I think the question for us is not how many people or how much you'll be satisfied. The question is how God will be satisfied with you and me today. That should be our kind of searching question for us. That will be a challenge for us. And here the reminder by this writer, Ricardo, is as far as our life is concerned, our kids, our children, our grandchildren are watching us. Believe me, they are watching. You know, I came across the children are watching the pastors too. Because we had some program with the children. After that, a parent came back to me. Oh, Pastor Lee, you talk to our children about McDonald's. I don't know what else I say, but they would only remember McDonald's. <laughs> Cute, huh? Well, I say I need to be careful talking to children. But it's good, folks. It just enlightens up them. But I learned a good reflection that children are watching us too, as pastors. I'm speaking for myself. Huh? I'm not sure how pastors will feel. But here, the challenge for us this morning, I look at Matthew chapter 17, that Jesus and his disciples going for this spiritual retreat. The Lord changed his faith to let the people know, this is my only begotten son. We need to listen to him. Likewise, after the encounter, we need to go on and continue to serve him. Through our worship, to our faith that God has given to us. So this morning we ask ourselves, how do you project yourself to the world, to the community? At this here, are we able to influence others with our worship? That really counts, folks. And I pray the Lord will speak to us this day as we give Him our time, our life, day after day. And we climb it on a Sunday worship together. Amen. Let's pray. God our Father, we want to thank you for your reminder and your word for us. That truly worship is something to us that we must not take it so lightly. It's something that we can learn from Scripture that to worship to the kind of mountaintop experience somehow in our lives, our face can reflect the glory of God. So it is our prayer. God, you will be honored by what we say, by what we do, by what we contribute to one another. So bless these folks that were here this morning, listen to your words and be encouraged. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.